Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I am your host. My name is Steve, and my co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Beefcake, beefcake. Beefcake, see, we have Kyle, and we also have Cartman. In this case, they are one and the same. But tonight, we are going to be armchair booking the top ten celebrities in wrestling. And we say, and when we define a celebrity, we say anyone who is famous or somewhat famous, who are famous for not anything having to do with the wrestling world, but they could be as they could be some kind of actor, actress, singer, uh, or maybe an athlete from another sport, anything like that. And in our cases, we're going to ask, did they belong? Some of them would say yes. Some would say no. Did they help out? Did they hinder the business? And who were the best ones? Who was wasting people's time? And some of these actually held titles. And it's not always who you think. But anyway, um, so before we really get started, I would like to tell everyone how you contact us. If you want to call in during the broadcast, it's area code 319 Five two seven six zero eight nine. If you want to contact us for anything, if you want to give us your opinion, want to give us suggestions, or if you even if you want if if you would like for us to interview you, if you're a wrestler or a promoter, anything uh, related to the wrestling business, anybody associated with the wrestling business, you want to interview, just email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail dot com. We're also on Facebook at facebook dot com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Twitter at Booking Armchair, and you can listen to our archives at iHeartRadio, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And Kyle, did I miss any any of our contact information? Not on our contact information, no. All right, and also before we go on, uh, we also want to give a shout out and really give a spotlight to a. GoFundMe site set up for a wrestler's mother in this local area here because I, I live just outside Cincinnati. And the wrestler, her name is Mean Selena Dean, but her mom is battling breast cancer right now. And unfortunately, along with medical procedures come medical bills, and they need a little bit of help with those bills. And we are more than glad to share the GoFundMe for that. You can find that if you go to our page or if you go to GoFundMe, uh, GoFundMe.com, and search for uh, the Best Mom Fund FU Cancer. You can find it like that. Uh, and Or if, if for some reason you can't get to the URL that way, definitely let us know. And we, will, uh, we will let you know how you can donate. And because we believe this is a very worthy cause, and I know I believe in it. Kyle, I know you believe in it. So, so uh, we want to go ahead and, and get started. And before we start revealing our top ten, I want to explain to those who may not have ever listened to one of our top tens on how we actually calculate our list. Kyle and I, we each individually come up with a list of 20. And then with those 20, we assign them points where the number one person gets 20 points, the number two person gets 19 points, the number three gets 18, so on and so forth. And at the end of all that, we take the two lists and combine them because we know we're going to have some of the same names because we've yet to have 
20 totally separate entries for anything. And we combine the points, and whichever entry gets the most points is number one. Whoever gets the second most points is number two, and so on and so forth. And this is one of the uh, things whenever Kyle and I do a top ten list. And right now it's been, for the most part, every other week, every other Monday. And we invite people, if you have anything that you want to add to us, send it to us. We'd love to include other people's calculations in as well because it keeps the conversation going and makes it interesting. So, uh, Kyle, I do believe it plays everything. Yeah, did I, I miss anything on that? We have not gotten too many audience members submitting lists, so it's okay to do that. Post it on the Facebook page or email email it through Twitter, so yep. we can get a uh, more inclusive list. Yeah, in fact, we'd love it if we actually had uh, some of the the wrestling personalities who have actually started following the Twitter page, and I'm very happy about that. I'm very grateful. Thank you. And be also, before I forget, and I would be very remiss um, if I forgot this, I want to give a big thank you to Jordan Garber. He actually had me on his podcast again. He gave an interview on his show about a week and a half ago, uh, but he was able to finally post it a few days ago. And the interview itself was about – it was only about 10 minutes long, but I mean, he covered quite a bit because Jordan is actually very good at what he does. And, you know, he's doing whatever he can to help us out. And he recently became affiliated with the Northern Wrestling Federation, which is also the local uh, the local independent company that's here, the one that means Selena Dean is actually involved with. You know, so I almost forgot about that, Kyle, and I would be, you know, kind of a jerk if I forgot about that because Jordan did us a great, big favor there. So, and one day I'll talk to him. Yeah, <laughs> one day because you know we never can get our schedules, you know, coordinated enough because it's usually almost last minute. And I'll hit you up. Hey, Kyle, can you do it? No, nah, man, I'm out shoe shopping. So, but you know what? I know what it's like. I've been shoe shopping before too, and something comes up. You know. So, let's go ahead and begin the top ten, and I will go ahead and start this one. And our number 10 is an actor, pretty famous actor. And right now, with us being wrestling fans, we'd say his most famous part to us, my favorite part of his, is in the movie The Wrestler. And, of course, I'm talking about Mickey Rourke. And, you know, I had him at my number nine, and you had him at your uh, number 14. So, I mean, it wasn't like we had him, like, close to the top. Um but when he did the wrestling, of course, one of the best ways to promote it was to get involved with the WWE. He, he's an interesting one because his involvement with WWE is primarily to promote the wrestler movie that he starred in as Randy the Ram Robinson. And because he was up for an Oscar for that performance, he did not actually wrestle like originally proposed. So I, I did have him lower because he was an appearance and not a full participant. That was, 
that one it was a little hard for me to um even though I had him at um number nine, that one was harder for me as well because I was looking at okay, did they just do an appearance where they just showed up, waved, and then turned around and walked out the door? But because he brought a lot of publicity, because the movie itself is a very honest portrayal, not just of the wrestling industry, but what happens to the wrestlers when they kind of hit that age where they're almost considered too old. And it actually shows some of the, I don't know, you want to call it the seedier side, you know, some of the things you don't see because when we would watch these guys and girls on television, of course, all we would see is just their wrestling personality. And his character, Randy the Ram, was supposed to be loosely based on Jake the Snake Roberts. And, you know, Jake's story has been told many times, and we know he's he's been – he was at the top of the world. He dropped down into the gutter, and now he's – recovered from that, you know, thanks to DDP and DDP yoga. But I thought it was it gave the industry just an honest look and it didn't make anything look negative about it. That if that make any sense? Yeah. The the whole movie and and we're fans of eighties wrestling, nineties wrestling. Yeah we are. That, that was the the life of a wrestler from the eighties and you could say it's based on Jake, the snake, but it could be the iron Sheik. Yeah, that's true. There's quite a few sad stories with wrestling that could, could have been examples for this movie. Overall, his acting was phenomenal and this could have been a much higher rated program had he been able to wrestle Chris Jericho. Yeah. At- and especially if he showed up in the shape he was you know, for the movie, because I don't think that was altered in any way. I mean, that was him. It, was, it wasn't altered, but he was clearly um, assisted with his appearance, which is all part of the part. Yep. So, now, I'll let you go ahead and take the next century, if you don't mind, so sir. The, uh, the, the next century, number nine, and we both had him equally rated as number ten on our list. We did. Stephen Amell, who starred as Arrow, on the WB series that went for eight seasons that just ended in the past couple months. And he, he wrestled Cody Rhodes, who was Stardust, who did a guest appearance on the show a few, a few times. And his SummerSlam match was really good especially for a first-time performer like that. Was that SummerSlam 14 or 15? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Go ahead. And and this is one, again, could have been rated higher, but Arrow, great show, big fan of it. 
Arrow was on the WB. And that's a, a lower-tiered network. It didn't get the highest ratings. And while he's he was great for the part, it didn't get the highest amount of publicity because he's not a A-level actor like Mickey Rourke. Would you agree? Oh, I would. I would definitely agree. Uh, by the way, I just got a message from Mean Selena Dean because I told her that we were going to uh, give a shout-out, and she said thank you again, wishes she could call in, but she is at work because she is also a registered nurse. How do you like that? I wonder if she's mean while she's at work. <laughs> you know what? I bet you've seen her wrestle, and she's really good, so – uh, if, if she does as good on the nurse's side as what she does in the ring, I bet she's a really good nurse. Uh, so, but yeah, Stephen Arnell, um, I hadn't, I actually, when I first saw him, I didn't know who he was. And my wife was, and she looked up, she's like, oh, that's Arrow. I said, who? <laughs> because she actually watched the show. I didn't. Because, I, yeah. I, I watched the show. And we, we got it on DVD. We watched it during our lunch breaks in the office. <laughs> so uh, the, you know, on the DVD, it goes about 42, 42 minutes. And we're able to eat our lunch and watch the episodes. And it turns out my son's Arrow fans and read the comics. So I learned a lot about him. And he, great actor, martial arts in in the show. And his acrobatic ability came out in the match. But would you say his match got enough time? Or was it kind of a missed opportunity because it was a throwaway match? And maybe the only reason he even had his throwaway match is because he had his contractual obligations with the WB in the show. And he has to be careful because if he gets hurt and can't get on the show, well, then he can actually get in trouble. But, but yeah, I mean, I just thought, I mean, he to me, he gave um, a positive outcome. Because that's one of the things I want to kind of hit. Because even some of the ones that are in our top ten, I don't think are, they gave a necessarily a positive contribution. But they did get involved, very heavily involved. And some of them tried to give a, a positive contribution. But I would say he was net positive. There, there was nothing negative that came out of his appearance. No. Now, the next one, and this is you know for all the old school people, uh, or anybody that's a Jim Carrey fan. Um, Andy Kaufman. And his involvement it came about because he was just a big wrestling fan. And he had one of his agents or someone get in touch with Jerry Lawler, and they set up the entire angle where they were both on the they ended up on the David Letterman show, and then Lawler stood up and just slapped the taste out of his mouth. And this, I believe he already had the neck brace on and everything, didn't he? So Memphis Wrestling. Wrestling. And, and, 
if you're a fan of Memphis wrestling, Memphis Heat has a documentary or is a documentary that I watched many years ago on it, and it covers the Kaufman angle a little bit. Originally wanted to be in the WWF with Vince McMahon Sr. And he 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 did the intergender wrestling stuff. Yes, because I was and, gonna say he was our first champion on our list. <laughs> he was the intergender champion. He would wrestle uh what he called unattractive Tennessee, Kentucky women. And being a historic wrestling fan, that is something that would work today and and get heat. Oh, absolutely. And he did so well, and this is also when Kayfabe was still very, very much in play, that I mean, people hated him. I mean, they had just pure, genuine hate for him. And when I was reading the magazines later on and they were saying there was an interview with Jimmy Hart saying that when Jerry Lawler gave him his power driver, it, it made his cancer get worse, and that's what killed him. And at the time, I actually didn't really know who Andy Kaufman was. And then I watched, I was like, oh, he's the goofy guy from Taxi. And his comedy was, I guess, kind of an acquired taste. But he loved wrestling. He he loved it, and he just wanted to be involved with it. And he got his wish. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily came out positive. You know, like I was saying with Mickey Work and Stephen Arnell, I mean, I think theirs were a net positive. With Andy Kaufman, I'm kind of on defense about it. It may be if it was, well, I don't know, if it was present day, it probably wouldn't be as involved because everybody would know, okay, it's a work. But back then, I mean, they thought that he and Lawler just hated each other. The thing is, was it positive for Memphis because it sold tickets? I would say yes. The negative effect on Andy Kaufman's career because overall. How how dare he – get involved with that wrestling because like Jim Ross says, a lot of people just say, Oh, you're in wrestling and they automatically lose respect for you. And, Which to and, me is just that's garbage. But anyway. Not just that, they they punished him for some of the things he said and and wanted him to apologize and he said no. And it, it kinda cost him his television career at the end. Not just a match or whatever happened to his neck. It it cost him his profession because he he did to get heat, which is the business. He said some terrible things, which are hysterically funny, uh, about the women in the area of the Memphis territory. Oh, he was a great heel. <laughs> if you really want to look at it like that, I mean, he 
he was a great heel. And the sad thing about it was, as skinny and scrawny as what he was, he could have been a sympathetic baby face, but he was a natural heel. But maybe because of, you know, the mic skills. Well, it's the difference, the closest we've come to an intergender champion recently is James Ellsworth. <laughs> and and he didn't have the, the mic skills to be a tenth of what Andy Kaufman was, but he could no. wrestle. Well, I mean, James Ellsworth, he just kind of, he was supposed to be just a one-time appearance, and people just kind of latched on to him because he was the underdog. And then he started talking to underage girls, and, you know, well, that's the end of him. Hold on. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, and he, you know, he allegedly had sent pictures, and he allegedly asked for other pictures, and, but all this is alleged. So, and I really wish, because I'm actually, I have it, I have Raw on right now as well. And, of course, Elias and Jeff Hardy are out there with, uh, and apparently they're beating each other up with a whole bunch of musical instruments. And as a musician, that just makes me want to cry. Anyway. Yeah, I'm still on my Monday night protest. No. So... The um, but a- Andy Kaufman, if Memphis wrestling was more national, <clears throat> the the heat or the the opportunity. Imagine this being on like WrestleMania two. Uh, and you know, it wasn't that. Really, the big scheme of things, it wasn't that long before WrestleMania 2, because WrestleMania 2 happened in 1986. Kaufman was then in Memphis around 1981 or 82. So it was, I guess you want to just say it's timing. But I think it could have pulled it off. Um, I don't think it would have lasted as long, because I don't think Vince McMahon would have let it last as long. And while Memphis was not generally thought of – at the time, as a like a national company, temporarily they definitely got the national spotlight. They ran some tremendous angles, created the Rock and Roll Express, which famous sold all sorts of tickets. So a lot of good things came out of Memphis, and it's the training ground for many of the wrestlers that have made our previous list. Moving on, because we could spend all day talking about Andy Kaufman, and that's become kind of apparent. Unlike our number seven. So, our our number seven, who I have higher on my list than you have on yours, you get a dual bonus. So, on one aspect, you could say our number seven, Jay Leno, for having wrestlers on the show. Yes. Credit for promoting. But someone who didn't make our list, who did the same thing in the 80s, was Arsenio Hall. And he interviewed a a lot of wrestlers. But 
did Arsenio Hall actually wrestle a match? And that is a big no. Whereas Jay Leno did. I have Jay Leno on the list because I was a WCW fan and we had just made it to our first base where we met each other. Mm-hmm. And someone had a played all the pay-per-views and put it out and everyone started watching Road Wild with Jay Leno and Diamond Dallas Page against Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. And Jay Leno slept on an arm twist and then just held it there so all the photographers could take the picture. And you know, it, but it did, make, it did make the paper the next day. Yes, it did. They got their picture. Hulk Hogan sold for Jay Leno more than he did for the Ultimate Warrior. Well, um, <laughs> uh, uh, well, do you blame him? But the uh, just WCW peak still kind of at its peak with Jay Leno coming out. They're a big time show. He performed relatively well, and this sold um, quite a bit of pay-per-views. And this kind of set up Diamond Dallas Page. This was his first real main event and kind of sold him as a star, which he would wrestle Goldberg at Halloween Havoc later in the year, become WCW champion by April of 99. Fuck, yeah. Yeah, April 99, that was was the month before uh, my wife and I got married. And you were there for that. Once Once again, I thank you. So... You remember Jay Leno in the match um, and the, the lead-up, because it was always on The Tonight Show. It was his music producer, Kevin Eubanks, who did the diamond cutter that finished the match. I had forgotten about that. Because when I think Kevin Eubanks, I think of, always think of a very underrated guitar player. That a lot of people don't realize Kevin Eubanks is a very, very good guitar player and he finger picks. Doesn't doesn't use a regular pick at all. He huh. finger picks and he uses his thumb a lot and to be able to if you're gonna be on a show like the Tonight Show or the Late Show and you're gonna be the band leader, you have to be very, very diverse in your talents as far as music goes. And Kevin Eubanks could pull it off. Like I said, very, very underrated. But anyway, but Jay Leno, like you said, he he was there to help push Diamond Dallas Page, and Diamond Dallas Page later on became the WCW champion, kind of like the next person on our list. And it this is going to 
be one of the most controversial people, and that's Mr. David Arquette. And when I read that he had become WCW champion, because when it happened, I had actually left Maryland, and I was back in Japan, and we weren't not able to watch WCW over there at the time, not not live. I mean, in fact, this is when we had to catch him on video or nothing. But I read online, David Arquette's a WCW champion. I went, do what? The guy that's married to Courtney Cox? What? But there's a reason why we both actually have him higher than, you know, the bottom on our list. And because David Arquette, even though the controversy about him becoming WCW champion, and even though a lot of people will argue that that was what caused WCW to eventually collapse, no. It didn't help. It didn't help matters. But no, David Arquette becoming WCW champion was not the reason why WCW eventually got bought out by the WWF at the time. But David Arquette lately has actually gotten back involved with wrestling because he actually had a lot of respect for the, the industry. And his paychecks that he got, he, he donated them, was it to Brian Hildebrand's family? Uh, Brian Pillman, Owen Hart, and Darren Drozdoff. Oh, okay. But WCW, and this is where was Vince Russo wrong? Because David Arquette winning the WCW title, that was on the newsreels the next morning. It was, but did it do the industry any good? And this is where I have to say a negative. And it's not necessarily the industry, but the wrestlers are always portrayed as being tough. And with the workouts they have to do, and you know yourself, because I know that at one point you had aspirations of being a wrestler as well. Uh, and I really wish you would have because, I mean, I know you would, have, you would have met one of your dreams. But I also know you're a workout freak, and they are workout freaks, and you know the kind of workouts they do and the conditioning they have to do and the training they have to do. And then here comes this guy. He's an actor and kind of scrawny, and he definitely leveled up when he married Courtney Cox. And they cheated on her later on, and, and they got divorced. You dummy. Hey. <laughs> but, um, and it's nothing against him personally. If you put anybody in that same position who are unqualified, it's going to make them look bad. And that's, I can understand the backlash in the locker room about that because he wasn't even an athlete. And they were doing this to promote the movie Ready to Rumble where, coincidentally enough, Diamond Dallas Page was also in that movie, but uh, he was uh, a bad guy in the movie. No, he was a good guy in the movie. Are you sure? I thought he was a bad guy. Yeah. No, he, I watched the movie many times. Okay, I'll have to watch it again. No, he was a bad guy. Because no, David, 
I remember, no, David Arquette was a good guy. I'm saying Diamond Dallas Page was a bad guy. Diamond Dallas Page was the, the heel champion. Yes. But David Arquette was the good guy, came out in the state trooper outfit at the end. Yes. I am law. So the way they portrayed his title win, it, it, very fluky. So he he wasn't a disservice to the to the business because it was a fluke win, and he pinned Eric Bischoff, not Jeff Jarrett. So, I mean, there there were all sorts of outs on that title win, but overall, I mean. As the Wrestling Observer did say, it was the worst promotional stunt of the year 2000. And that yeah. kind of sick. <laughs> and it won the uh, the Gooker Award for that year. I think anything that wins the Gooker Award, you have to say, is a negative. But his, I, I think he redeemed himself in the last two years, especially with the documentary he just did, um, oh my gosh, what's it called? Where he kind of redeemed himself wrestling the independent circuit and putting a, a cap on his wrestling career. He's got to get credit for that. Oh yeah, that's and that's actually why I have him as high as I do. Because he's not just wrestling in just normal garden variety matches. I mean, he was wrestling in Texas death matches. And those will take its toll on you work or not. So, uh, a much different type of Celebrity from David Arquette to our number five, huh, Steve? Uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, unlike David Arquette, this, our next one is a very, very legitimate athlete, football player. He played college football at the University of North Carolina. Arguably the best defensive player, best linebacker in the history of the NFL, and that'd be LT Lawrence Taylor. Yes, I realize that LT had a one-time appearance, but if you're going to do a one-time appearance, you might as well headline a WrestleMania. This really changed the expectations of a celebrity wrestler. I would say so. You got LT, who's 6'3", 240, and he was, what, retired for, what, two two years, three years out of the NFL? I would say, honestly, two at the most. I mean, he was very recently retired. But go, goes through, and of all the wrestlers it, during that time period, Wrestles Bam Bam Bigelow, who is a legit 
350, 400 pounds? They do a moonsault. Manhandled him, didn't he? It wasn't a squash. I mean, Bam Bam, he put it to him, but Lawrence Taylor, you know, LT was fighting him back. And they trained LT very well. He had a, he was another one. He had a lot of respect for the business, and he did not want to make it look bad. And I've actually read about how this match came about because they were just basically looking for a celebrity involvement in WrestleMania 11. Which, unfortunately, WrestleMania 11 is also known as one of the worst WrestleManias out there. But it, that's not LT's fault. There was some other just bad shenanigans going on uh, with that one. But he was trained, I believe, Tom Pritchard helped train him. Tom Pritchard, are you looking at some of the people he's trained, like Kurt Angle, The Rock? You know, these other guys that were already legitimate athletes, and he was able to, to take that and kind of hone it to the wrestling world. And LT, when you watch that match and you watch how afterwards he looks like he's about to collapse, that was real. The match itself was, what, 10 minutes long? And it just <laughs> blew, it blew him up. It's the uh, the type of athlete that a wrestler has to be. It's so much different than football. And then the I think we'd have to talk to Selena Dean and others about this with more detail. Like we did five hundred squats and then push-ups, and then ran. And that's a small-time training school. And I wonder, because LT was already an athlete, he probably skipped all that and just went to the mat. And cardio-wise, it's completely different. Well, I mean, I think that LT was still working out because when you're an athlete at that level, you don't just stop just because you're no longer playing the sport that you're involved with. Because if you saw him, he still looked like he was in shape. Yeah, but at that point, he had also uh, had many issues with cocaine. He liked the way it smelled. That does affect your, your heart rate. And you you can get juiced up like his flying forearm, shoulder block. Like he he was putting a lot into it. We still got to see. Yeah, you still. I mean, I was going to say on a side note, he also had his posse with him that was outside the ring. And one of the people in his posse I also had on my list that I don't believe you had on yours, and he didn't make <laughs> – but I had him ranked pretty low. And since you didn't have him at all, he didn't get any kind of uh, play, and that was Steve McMichael, later on one of the four horsemen. Uh, but anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. So he was actually kind of involved twice in a way. Um, but with – Lawrence Taylor, and I'll have to watch that match again because Bam Bam could actually get a good match out of him. Bam Bam was paid something like a quarter of a million dollars for doing the job. Honestly, I don't think it really hurt Bam Bam's career much. 
because I think he was already past, you know, the peak of his career. Uh, and unfortunately, we lost Bam Bam a few years after this. But and I, and I think he still had some years left in him as far as wrestling, but I don't think he was going to be a world champion or at least in the world champion title hunt anytime soon. No, I think that's a career that got cut short due to politics. And, ha- I mean, to get a tattoo like that on your head, that that is a very unique look. And he could move like a star. And he sold for Damon Wayans in Major Pain. He did. Kids and I just watched it the other day. They had never seen it. Um, tremendous movie. I expect a full review. Um, that, she didn't care for it. <laughs> there was the funny part. She really she didn't care. Well, the movie's dated now. It's been a long time since I'd seen it. And yeah, the movie it actually looks dated now uh, because it was a lot of at the time, you know, current pop culture references. If that makes any sense. And it, yeah, it. Yeah, so it, it doesn't really stand the test of time. I just put it like that. Um, I, I still think it's a good movie. I will still watch it when it comes on the television, much like Major League. But un, unlike number four, and we both had him Very rated high. pretty I, – I had him number four. You had him number five. And this is Dennis Rodman, our Rod the worm. Yep, the worm, Rodzilla. So – during the peak of the Chicago Bulls in 1998, Dennis Rodman leaves a championship series to appear on Monday Night Nitro <laughs> as a member of the NWO with Hulk Hogan and the news reels that came after, after that one that made public news for at least three days. But don't forget, he was also involved with Hogan even before Hogan went to the NWO. And I don't believe he wrestled back then or back around 95, but he did make an appearance with Hogan because it was an interview because our – Remember when Rod, Rodman kind of reached out and like grabbed Hogan's face and like ran his hands across it and and Hogan said, "Oh, you hold on there, big man, you know, dude." And I was just th- sort of thinking, Hulk Hogan's being advertised as being six foot eight, and Rodman is looking down at him. And I was like, "How tall is Dennis Rodman?" Of course, he you know he was uh, the man when it comes to rebounds and one of the best re- rebounders ever in the NBA. But so, of course, later on, it kind of made sense when Hogan went to the NWO that Rodman, if he was going to make another appearance, he was going to be with Hogan again. And Rodman actually, you know, really, he actually kind of fit with the NWO anyway. Think about it. Uh, 
De- Dennis Rodman, he because he up NWO throughout the year. I know he helped Team MWO win the uncensored triple threat, uh, which gave the NWO all t- title shots at uncensored by pulling down the ropes. He uh, appeared on Monday Night Nitro, usually not wrestling, but just appearing, and that's all it took to to make it on Sports Center. Then, so as far as stunts, like every one of his appearances made ratings. And who was it? Bob Costas was the one that was getting his panties in a bunch about it. Not really Rodman so much, but Carl Malone, because when Rodman came along later on, when he did wrestle in the match against, uh, it was, I know Luger was involved, and Carl Malone was on that team. It does one time, because Bob Costas, he was sort of a big old fit about Carl Malone. I thought he had more class than that to get involved with that phony wrestling same Bob Costas that this one man about jumped up in Jack's lap during the interview. But another one, uh, Bash at the Beach. Hulk Hogan, Dennis Rodman versus DDP and Carl Malone. Yes. And overall, I mean, a tremendous event. Well, Rodman, Rodman got it. He understood it. Uh, Rodman was also a great person at self-promotion, which you need to be almost a necessity to get yourself over in wrestling. If you want to become successful in wrestling, you've got to know how to get yourself over. You've got to know how to, how to self-promote. Rodman was great at that. Probably learned it when he was dating Madonna because Madonna's another one who's absolutely great at promoting herself, not necessarily her music or her movies, but herself, her brand, just like he had the Rodman brand. He is a basketball player. Now he's a wrestler. Now he's an author. Apparently he's marrying himself. And he's friends with people in Korea, in North Korea. I don't understand that one, but... International peacekeeper. Yes. (laughs) And we can't forget that he won the first and only... Celebrity Championship Wrestling Tournament. If you watch, if you watch that wonderful eight-episode show on CMT back in 2008, he he won won the show, and that was a real treat. If you got to uh, enjoy those eight episodes. I will have to go check that out. I don't, I don't believe I've ever watched that. So they had uh, Dustin Diamond, Danny Bataducci, Todd Bridges, Butterbean, Aaron Murphy, Frank Stallone, the singer Tiffany. Ah, uh, Tiffany. Oh, uh, but... Yeah, what a, what a interesting show. 
Well, Tiffany, I, I wasn't really what much one for her music, but man, because she's only like a year or two older than I am, and so yeah, that's, it was a nice. That was a nice celebrity crush. But so you, number three, number three. Now, our, 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 let me go ahead and say, our top three were unanimous as far as the places. The next person we both had number three. Our, our number twos were the same, and our number one is the same. So, yes, go ahead with our number three, Kyle. So, if you're a fan. He had a pay-per-view Saturday night where he fought Roy Jones Jr. And number three, none other than big wrestling fan, Mike Tyson. Yep, another guy who got it, another guy who loved the business. And, and even though and, he kept calling Stone Cold, Cold Stone. But anyway. Still perfect because it sounds like he's disrespecting Stone Cold. But is someone who should have gotten involved in the Hulk Hogan Macho Man feud in 1990 but he lost to Buster Douglas and Buster Douglas took the spot on Saturday night's main event as the special guest referee and very forgettable Buster Douglas to me I mean not that I really keep up a lot with boxing but that was, I mean, he's he's a one-hit wonder. But his one hit was, you know, if you're going to have one fight that you're going to win, Mike Tyson, being the man who beat Mike Tyson, yeah, that's something that's pretty impressive to put on a resume. Just put it like that. Well, mental state at the time, because Robin Gibbons kind of ruined him. Buster Douglas put put a good beating on him he did he took it he took it to tyson like no one else had at that point and uh, although i still think he lost with the 13th count 13 second count in round eight he did knock tyson out in round 10 and they've actually talked to uh, buster douglas and his trainers and you know all of his people and they said they actually really really studied the tapes of Tyson, you know, his style. I mean, granted, some of his matches at the times weren't even lasting a half a round, but they kind of noticed a couple of the things that he was doing and they picked up on it, and so that's how they trained. And they basically almost like taking a gamble and it paid off. But when Tyson, if you really think about it, he's another guy. Well, I, I can't really say he's a one-time appearance because – they showed him here. They said, okay, he's going to be the special guest referee. Okay, oh, no, now he's with DX. And, you know, he was very involved with it. And then, of course, you know, him getting involved, doing the three count at WrestleMania 14, with Stone Cold beat Shawn Michaels for the title, and then pulling off the DX shirt, and lo and behold, he's got an Austin shirt underneath. And then he clocked Shawn Michaels which Sean actually didn't have a problem with, you know, getting laid out by Tyson. But then Tyson laid the shirt over his face, and Sean didn't like that. And then Sean left wrestling for two and a half years. But that was not because of the shirt. That's because his back was basically crushed 
But Tyson, if you want to talk about a redemption story, you think about all that. You know, he lost he lost the title, and then when he was boxing, uh, just a few years later, he tried to bite you know dude's ear off. No, successfully did. Well, he bit a chunk of it. I mean, it wasn't the entire ear, but it was a chunk, and you're like, ew. And then going to prison for a couple years. And all this WrestleMania appearance was after that. And he since then, he's done movies. You know, he's done The Hangover. Um, I know he did The Hangover 1. Was he also in The Hangover 2? I believe he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he did the the ending and and he was funny. Uh, he was really funny in that, in well, at least the first Hangover. And he since, I mean, he has, to me, he's redeemed himself. Now, I don't know if you heard, he gave an interview that, you know, said before his fight this past weekend that, yeah, he smoked a joint right before the fight. Yeah. Well, one, I watched the fight, and we got it here, and... It looked like the Tyson of old, but he wasn't head hunting. He he let Jones finish his eight, and he probably could have taken him out, and that would have been more of an ending. But Tyson, Tyson, when they confronted each other at the beginning of uh, in the to WrestleMania 14, that made every newsreel, sports center, talk radio, that was on every outlet imaginable. Yep, and, and that video clip broke the internet. When that happened, and you're you're looking at peak WCW when they're winning the ratings war and they get Mike Tyson on WWF programming at the time and everyone changed the channel. And I have a it was a book DVD combo that I bought in 2001. I believe, uh, and it it, w- it had highlights from every WrestleMania that had been going on up until that point. But the book also told about some things that the DVD did not, and one of the things they mentioned was for WrestleMania 14 that Tyson was asking, you know, for a million, two million, however much he was asking for for the appearance. And... Vince McMahon's accountants actually went to him and they said, Vince, even if we sell we sell out and even if we have this many buys, we're still going to be on the losing end. And they said, are you sure you want to have Mike Tyson there? Because, I mean, this his appearance fee, it was a lot. And he said, yes. He said, don't you get it? This is how we grow the business. So, once again, Mr. Man took a huge risk because if they hadn't all of a sudden gone past, this was about the 84th week, I'm guessing, is what you're saying. 
Yeah. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, WCW, they beat WWF in the ratings 83 weeks in a row. And at one point, WCW Nitro was the number one rated show on all of cable television, not just wrestling shows, the number one rated show. So that's saying something for them to get Mike Tyson and it turned that tide quickly. And so, yes, absolutely, Mike Tyson being involved was a huge net positive. Even his appearance on AEW recently, it it drew ratings. It was an interesting segment with Chris Jericho. Yep. Regardless of the reason why, much like Brock Lesnar, <clears throat> people changed the channel to see Mike Tyson. <coughs> Mainly to see what he's going to do, but the man draws eyeballs. Oh, absolutely. And another, I mean, he's a legitimate athlete, that's for sure. And even though he's actually not, he's not actually wrestled a match. He's been involved, obviously, but he's not actually wrestled a match. But he brought so much attention, so much positive attention, back to the industry and back, back really back to the WWF. Not so much WCW. They actually kind of suffered, but at the same time, their product was getting to be kind of uh, anyway. They're starting to. And, you know, but it also shows he didn't have to wrestle a match. You know, and kind of very similar to our number two, who did not wrestle a match. And, you know, this is the only female on our top ten. Huh. I don't know why I didn't notice that before. But um, not the only female on the list. But no, but she's don't. the only female in the top ten, yeah. They're definitely not the only female on the list. Because I, I have a few females on my list that were not on yours. Yeah, we can talk about some of those later on. Well, the, your one dual entry of Jenny McCarthy, Pam Anderson, I really that – was, that one was a hard for me not to put on my list. Um, but I got to thinking, well, what what was the the net result of their contribution? But anyway, but back to our number two, uh, Cindy Lauper, the girl who just wants to have fun. And wrestling historians can tell you her contribution to the wrestling business was absolutely tremendous. From managing Wendy Richter for, was it the war to settle the score or the brawl to settle it all? Um, I want to say the war to settle the score. And, you know, she got beat up by Roddy Piper. And she laughs up to get beat up by Roddy Piper. And when she managed Wendy Richter, she also managed her at the very first WrestleMania where Wendy Richter was going against Leilani Kai to regain the women's world title. 
or WWF women's title or whatever you want to call it, but it was the women's title. And Cindy Lauper also had the wrestlers involved in at least two of her music videos. Uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun and Goonies Are Good Enough, the Goonies theme song. And so is she in the Hall of Fame? If she's not, she needs to be. She she is now. And this is um, the whole timeline on Cindy Lauper. She won a Grammy in 1985 for for the She's So Unusual album for his for her best new artist album. So her first album. Okay. Yes. Yes. She's So Unusual, which blew up the charts. And this is genius because Hulk Hogan comes out as her bodyguard, and he's WWF champion at the time. So Cindy Lauper comes out, goes on Piper's Pit, which is WWF programming, and Captain Lou Albano comes out and starts taking credit for her music career because who was in her first two videos? Captain Lou Albano. So... Captain Lou comes out because he's a heel manager, takes credit for her career. So Cindy Lauper and her, I think her manager husband at the time, right? David Wolf. David. Yeah, I know they. I know he was her manager and they were dating at that point. I'm, and I know they got married later on. They may not have been married at this point though. But either way, they come out and give an award to Captain Lou Albano, also on. Piper's, I want to say Piper's Pit or the middle of the ring. It, it, it may have been a Piper's Pit in the middle of the ring. He did that occasionally. And Piper comes out and actually smashes the award over Captain Lou's head, which made him a baby face. Well, the award was a gold record. Right. Cindy Lauper gets knocked down. Piper slams her manager, boyfriend, husband, Hulk Hogan comes out to rescue him, and they leave. So Lopper comes out, starts managing. Uh, Wendy Richter, like you said, war to settle the score. Hulk Hogan faces Rowdy Piper in the main event, gets beat up by Rowdy Piper and Bob Orton. And Mr. T, who's in the front row, comes out to help Hogan, which set up WrestleMania 1. Yep. What, that is such fantastic storytelling. You, you well, don't see that. Right, and it wasn't like that Cindy Lauper just sat there, oh, she was a timekeeper for this match. Oh, she's just uh, accompanying, but then she's going to sit there and not really get involved. No, she was very heavily involved and got them, got them all on MTV because she was one of the hottest acts on MTV at the time. So it brought that visibility to wrestling because they actually broadcast those matches on MTV, which gave them publicity for WrestleMania, which brought more interest because at that time, uh, not long after, well, not long after, they actually had a big article in Sports Illustrated all about wrestling. 
and they had a lot of the stuff, a lot of the pictures from WrestleMania, the very first WrestleMania that were in the magazine. And that's why Cindy Lauper's contributions definitely cannot ever, ever be overlooked because she did a lot, especially, I mean, you've got to think she's another one that she did not actually wrestle, but what she gave to wrestling is just, you know, it's just priceless if you really think about it. You know, you can't, yeah. you cannot put a price on what she did for the sport. The sport, and can't forget that David Wolf produced the wrestling album. He did, yeah. And That's right. Cindy Lauper was on that as well, under an alias. But think all the theme music albums that came out because of that. And the Pile Driver album, which is another one. Like her her impact, although we we look at it differently because of her manager role. Like she's in all the mid eighties clips from WWF. Yeah, and she was not doing it to promote herself because how is she going to promote? Well, her album was already rocketing up the charts. So she did not need wrestling to promote herself. She took her own uh, stardom, her own uh, star power, really, and she promoted wrestling. You know, she didn't have to do that. If you really think about it, it's extremely selfless of her. Because even they could have said, well, we'll pay you your money. And a lot of them would have said, no, I'm not getting involved with that. It's, ooh, it's wrestling. And she didn't think like that. No. But now and you I, actually go ahead. It benefited her too, right? It did um, because I mean she got people to be in her videos, but I think it benefited wrestling more than what it benefited her because I mean she still had uh, some some albums after that. None of them were as big as her first album because her first album was just that big. You know, so it's not like, you know, she was a one-hit wonder at all. It's just, it was hard for her to top the very first album because it just blew up. And I will say one thing about not, not, not the girls just want to have fun song, but the song Time After Time, that is one of yeah. the best bass lines ever in a song, and I, I actually need to learn that one. But anyway, we do need to go ahead and move on, and you've actually already, already named our number one. I did, and, but... Do we but have not, any not in the context. We do have some honorable mentions, and this is where I am going to throw a disclaimer. Um, our <laughs> show, and Kyle and I decided this when we first started the podcast, that we were going to be family friendly. We were going to not. We were not going to have any discussions about religion, and we were also not going to have any discussions about politics. So, with that being said, our first. Honorable mention, and the way we have our honorable mentions is those who receive votes from both of us but do not actually make the top ten. Our first honorable mention actually gave a lot to the wrestling industry from having from actually hosting WrestleManias four and five, and then later on appearing at WrestleMania twenty one. Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, please. Or twenty two no, or. It, 
think you're about right with the hair versus hair match. Right. He and I mean, so he was actually involved with the match, and he actually did give a lot to the industry. Love him or hate him, that'd be our current president, Donald Trump. Yeah, that's our first honorable mention. But his entry has nothing to do with politics whatsoever. It is based strictly on what they contributed to the wrestling world. Our next honorable mention, and I'll go ahead and move on before people start doxing us, would be a uh, man goes by two different names, but that'd be Zeus, also known as Tiny Lister, or Tom Lister, Tom Tiny Lister, for so his, yeah, go ahead. Zeus could have been much higher on the list, and one day we're going to have a discussion about wrestler movies. But this is a man who should have been built or tailor-made to be a wrestler based on look alone. Oh, he definitely had the look. Now, didn't have the athletic ability, tried. He was an actor and not a sports entertainer. But when you see him now, you, you want to call him Devo anyway. Uh, every time. (laughs) As a kid, and I would have been nine years old when this happened, maybe close to, no, I was nine. Watching him lay out Hulk Hogan on Saturday night's main event with ease. Well, yeah. Like, I don't know. If, obviously, it's for the movie No Holds Barred. Right, and that's what I had. The issue I have, though, not not necessarily against the person, but the fact that this was a fictional character out of the movie that they kind of yanked out of the movie and all of a sudden put him in real life. Now, granted, he's also playing a character, but that's beside the point. And to me, I'll, even as well, I was 15 when that movie came out, I thought that was strange then, and I couldn't really buy off on it. Um, now, our next honorable mention actually made an honorable mention on another one of our lists as the the top ten veterans in wrestling, and that'd be Drew Carey. And to me, one appearance but was in a Royal Rumble, and I don't remember what his involvement was beyond that. But, um, perhaps you know better than I do, Kyle. No, he... He came out for the Royal Rumble. He hosted a Raw, but that that was that was kind of it. Um, the next one you had a, had fairly high on your list, but I didn't. Um, that'd be Kevin Federline. Yeah, I think you did this one a disservice. <laughs> Super John Cena said last week, did not lay down for very many people. And when ratings were down and it did, business wasn't looking too good, and we're talking 3.0 ratings back then, he wrestled Britney Spears' husband, Kevin Federline, over 
two, two or three weeks of Raw and actually took the pin. So of all the wrestlers on the list, our celebrities on the list, Kevin Federline beat a the number one superstar in WWE at the time, John Cena. But I just thought everybody else was uh, just higher than him. I mean, that's all it was. It really was nothing personal against him. I just had to, I just had to rack and stack and rank how I thought they should rack and stack the rank. I mean, just like you did. You know, we had our criteria and we went with it. And in our next honorable mention, we both had it at the same spot, number sixteen for both of us, and Floyd Mayweather. Um. He's, Use brass and nuts to knock out the big show. Poor big show. So, on the believability scale, this this was a an attraction. Floyd Mayweather is down lower because while he's a great boxer and should be respected for that, he's a terrible human being. Yes, actually, so is Kevin Federline. But uh, anyway. We we could discuss that another time. But Floyd Mayweather <laughs> oh. definitely. Uh, oh, he fits. Uh, he fits the disgusting human being category. I I agree. So we we were discussing his spending of money, and the eight adult entertainers he has on his payroll during the Tyson fight Saturday, and. Saturday, didn't know and, about that. Everything that man does is a money grab, and it's – I can't say his match with the Big Show was memorable. I remember seeing it on SportsCenter the next day, but do I think the Big Show, who who was, what, 400 pounds at the time? Uh, Yeah. that he would go down to a punch from a 150-pound dude, I don't know. Yeah, brass knuckles on. And our last honorable mention, and he was ranked really low on both of our lists, but he was on both the lists, was John Stewart, which I, I disappearance really didn't do anything for anybody. All he did was cost Cena the title, was a U.S. title and Intercontinental title together. And... I thought it was a waste of time, but at the same time, it got publicity and not in a bad way. So I had him on the list, but I just was not going to put him very high on the list. Yeah, I, I not enough of an impact or anything to really, really show. And just throw some other names on there that that one of us had um, as part of a list. Uh, Pete Rose is part of the list. Snooky, Billy Corgan, former 20, 24-7 champ Rob Gronkowski, Maria Menounos, Jenny uh, McCarthy and Pam Anderson together, which I got that because they were part of the – it was supposed to be one was a company in Shawn Michaels, the other one was a company in Diesel at WrestleMania 11, and they both came out with Diesel. Uh, Bob Euchre, his involvement in WrestleMania – Four or five, I believe it was four. He did quite uh, a few. Reps. 
But that one is the one I remember because Andre had his hand up on uh, your shoulder, and Bob Uger said, hey, I need you to get your foot off my shoulder. <laughs> I don't know why that always made me just crack up when he said that. Um, some other ones which did not make a top 20, and I know at one point they were, but we moved them around. Uh, Butterbean, Alice Cooper, Ozzy Osbourne, Carl Malone, Kiss, Megadeth, and Motorhead. So, now that we've ran through every single possible entry, Kyle, you want to we to do the drum roll, or do you want to do the drum roll, or you just want to say who the number one celebrity uh, is? You just say who number one is, because everyone should know. That'd be Lawrence T. Rowe, also known as Mr. T. Now, we're not mentioning Mr. T.'s mother who was mentioned 142 times during his Hall of Fame appearance. The one where Kane had to basically walk in and say, all right, dude, you're done. Mr. T himself. And did he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. If there's anybody that deserved to be in the celebrity wing, if you want to call that, of the WWE Hall of Fame, Mr. T would be one of the, the... initial entrance because as we mentioned with Cindy Lauper and Mr. T was actually involved in that as well, but Mr. T actually wrestled in the headlining match at the very first WrestleMania tag team partner with Hulk Hogan against Roddy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff with Bob Orton managing them. And Jimmy Snooker was actually accompanying Hogan and Mr. T. And there's a very famous picture. In fact, this picture was actually the one in Sports Illustrated. Mr. T had Roddy Piper up on his shoulders like he was doing an airplane spin. Later on, it ended up just being a fireman's carry, but the picture, you thought he was going to do an airplane spin on him. Uh, And Mr. T also, the very next year, was in one of the three headlining matches. He was in the headlining match at the, was it the Nassau Coliseum? Because that was the the WrestleMania 2 is the one they had in three different locations. But he had a boxing match against Roddy Piper. And, yeah. And then he was also been like a special enforcer referee. And I don't know if that was before or after WrestleMania two. It was right about the same time. But but his contribution to wrestling because he helped get it in the national spotlight, which means he helped grow the business, which means he helped get them money and you know, possibly give us a better product. And so he was so visible, and the fact that he was in that headlining match made my number one pretty easy. So my son actually dressed up as Mr. T as a Halloween costume one year uh, because of the Mr. T cartoon that was out in the 80s. I don't, remember. I don't remember the Mr. T cartoon, but but Mr. T in the at the time, the A team was one of the top rated shows on television. Yeah, he he played Baracus. B A Baracus, bad attitude. Yep. yep. And he was Clubber Lang in Rocky Three. And. One of the biggest movie stars of the 80s, to be honest. Yeah, 
and it was that's where he cultivated that relationship with Hulk Hogan was on the set of Rocky Three, and he got Mr. T in, involved in wrestling, and they became good friends. I don't know if they're still friends or not, but that's for them to figure out. But his contribution is uh, also immeasurable. Maybe slightly more than Cindy Lauper because he actually wrestled. Um, and that's not a strike on her at all. But it's just, when you think WrestleMania, they say, okay, give me the first WrestleMania. Everybody thinks, oh, yeah, that's the one where Hulk Hogan and Mr. T were the main event. So, yeah, he- Overall, he was the first crossover star to create WrestleMania. Yeah, and that WrestleMania, and that's, this is actually something that maybe we could do a future podcast on, really the history of WrestleMania and how it's evolved. But that first WrestleMania, Vince McMahon, he told all of his wrestlers the morning of, if this fails, we all fail because he had put all of his money and all of the company's money into this show. So if Mr. T had not been involved, who knows what would have happened? Without question. You know, so... Um, I'm going to go ahead and kind of wrap this up with that portion of the show. And next week, Kyle, and this is actually something we had talked about, and and it's going to be kind of an opinion piece where Kyle and I are having a discussion, and this is one where we would love to have some input from all of our listeners. So we're going to discuss basically the question of when Vince McMahon told, I believe it was the New Jersey Athletic Commission, that it was all a work. So basically, he killed kayfabe. Overall, looking at what has evolved with the industry since then, was it good? Was it bad? Was it somewhere in the middle? Um, is it a mixture of pros and cons? What are the pros and cons? It sounds like a college research paper, Kyle. <laughs> I've done enough of those in my time that I'm actually looking forward to it. I don't know if kayfabe is the reason why the the industry has been ruined, but it'll be a, a good discussion. Well, and that comes in. Has the industry completely been ruined, though? I mean, I know lately a lot of you know there have been some complaints about the product, but. This we're talking since when did Vince McMahon do that? Was it in ninety three, ninety four? I'll have to look. And we know about a lot of the differences. You know, there are no more territories, and and some of the older older styles, I guess, of wrestling have gone. But maybe there's some other positives that came out of it, and and there's some things that due to recent events, maybe. Uh, the sport is going to, it's still evolving for the better. But we would definitely, definitely 
love to hear some input on that. Um, here lately, I actually gave the link to two more people from my work who are big wrestling fans, one local, another one out in California. Kyle, I really hope that uh, he's listening uh, because, I mean, he kind of uh, – well, he's not – because you were closer to San Francisco. He actually lives down in Los Angeles. No, I live down there. Okay, there we go. So um, – well, he's also a big metal fan, and he's a Raiders fan, so he and I get along great. <laughs> but, and he's an extremely smart guy. In fact, both the guys that uh, I gave the link to uh, today, actually right before the, we started the show, very, very smart individuals, and I would love to hear their input because both of them are also big wrestling fans. And... I'm going to go ahead and give all the contact information one more time for anybody if you want to get a hold of us. Uh, well, it's kind of too late to call in because we only got about three minutes left before Block Talk Radio is actually going to put a hard stop on us. But if you want to email us, it's armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. We are on Twitter at bookingarmchair. We're on iHeartRadio, we're on Stitcher, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. All you have to do is do a search for Armchair Booking, and we should be the only one to pop up. If you just pop in Armchair, you'd be you'd kind of amazed at how many podcasts are out there about actual armchairs. Have you done a search for that, Kyle? There's actually po- a lot of podcasts about armchairs, so you got to put in Armchair Booking. And... Want to give a couple more shouts at it, repeat shout outs. Like I said, for Jordan Garber for uh, doing an interview, reaching out, doing an interview with me and posting it. That's actually something if you, I don't know if I posted it to, I don't know, remember if I posted it to the, the Facebook page. I know I did for my personal Facebook page, but I don't think I did it to the, the podcast page. I will have to do that because Jordan, I mean, he was, that was absolutely fantastic of him to do that. And once again, I want to uh, push the GoFundMe for Mean Selena Dean's mother, who is uh, needing help with her medical bills while she's fighting breast cancer. You know, please go to, to the GoFundMe site at GoFundMe, the best month fund FU cancer. And that's something that's near and dear to our hearts because Kyle has lost family members to this. And I've had friends who've had it, and it's always a struggle, and we just want to see the, see it be eradicated as best as what we can. So, Cal, do you have any last words? No, I think you've covered it all, man. Yep. So, well, Kyle, we just got the 60-second cue, but I think I may just go ahead and wrap it up unless you object for the next 60 seconds. I think it's time. Hopefully time. we get some participation next week. Yes, that would be absolutely awesome. And thank you to all of our listeners, especially our repeat listeners. Definitely, we, especially when you go to Apple Podcasts, that's how you listen, give us a five-star rating. Uh, tell your friends, share our links, tell everybody about us. Uh, the more audience, the better, and the more participation, the better. So until then, God bless every single one of you. And Kyle, we'll be speaking this week. All right, man. Take care. All right, dude. See ya.